Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spirit Talk Radio. My name is Angel and I am your host. I would like to extend to you this invitation to join me today on a journey of exploration, discovery, and clarity with one of the many guests from the community who is committed to helping us all on our journey of spiritual transformation. Enjoy the show and be prepared to ask questions if you have them. Looking forward to seeing you today, tomorrow, and thereafter. Enjoy. Good morning and happy Saturday to you. This is Angel here, and today we have a special show where we are going to talk about one of the books that are many uh, practitioners that are out there bringing information to seekers of transformation, people on their spiritual journeys, and just their experiences. And our, this is a new program that we're just getting started here on uh, New Age Spirit and Spirit Talk Radio, and we're excited about it. And it was hard selecting our first uh, book. We have a lot of stuff out there to pull from. And so our first book that we're going to feature today is a book uh, titled The Unbound Spirit, uh, The Unbound Soul, excuse me, A Unbound Soul, A Visionary Guide to Spiritual Transformation and Enlightenment. This book is written by Richard L. Haight. So first of all, I need you guys to know that I read this book um, and went through the exercises and I really enjoyed I really enjoyed this book. What I um what I loved about it was it was a very transparent description of an experience of an individual that went through you know their own transformation from the memories of youth to their adult experiences. This is a very good book for a person who's looking to make a change, so looking for that that journey, that that defined journey to spiritual enlightenment. So when you when I looked up the author, um, I looked him up just to get some basic information, and I wasn't able to find out a whole lot about him. And I'm going to reach out to him, but basically it says that uh, Richard Haight is the founder of a total embodiment method, TEM, which is an awareness training system designed to integrate meditation into one's life. And he is the author of The Unbound Soul and The Warrior's Meditation, a master level instruction uh, of martial um, arts meditation and healing arts. So the first thing I want to say is great job um, in my rating system and my my five points of uh, Halos, I got my five halos in, in, in reading this book, Richard. I think there's a high-rated high book. Um, so I, I'm going to give it four and a half halos for those of you who are paying attention and following me. But let's go ahead and talk about the book. So you can find this book on Amazon. You can find this book on uh, for Kindle. You can find this book in, um, in the bookstores. And you can find it on Audible. Um, I recommend Audible for those of you who are members of Audible because the activities that he takes you through, you can actually hear him walking you through it versus reading it and, and wanting to, to find out the way recording yourself reading it 
Audible is a really great uh, resource for you. You can get through it a little faster. So he presents this book in, um, in, in various parts. So his first part, he talks about his story. Um, and the second part, he talks about his past. The third part, he talks about the unfoldment of the process, how it opened up to him. The first part, he goes into discussion of soul and spirit. And then from there, he's got a, um, a, a number of resources for you, from a glossary to appendix and some notes from the author. So when I go back and I'm walking through this book, and, and I have to tell you, when I started this book, at first, it was kind of it was kind of tough because there was a lot of backstory, and I was like, "Oh my God, when are we going to get to the point?" But as I started reading it, I really enjoyed the backstory. And one of the things that the author does is he shares this really cool story of when he was very young and had a visitation from Jesus, and Jesus made him give a promise. And I can give everything away, not too many spoiler alerts, because I would like you to read the book. But um, in chapter one, he talks about the promise and how impactful that was for him at the time. And through the book, you feel this theme of him going on a path, his whole mission in life was finding a way through which he could keep this promise that he made to Jesus. And so you'll find that he, he talks about his search as he goes through his life, trying to figure out, you know, the meaning of life, as, as we all do, um, as we all do. And, you know, him not being the smartest person, he talks about learning disabilities, he talks about struggling in school and, and people that he's met, and really great job of just telling his story to, to help you relate to it. And I think that as a practitioner and as a person who has gone through many different um, attempts at finding myself. You know, how many times have we done that? How many times have we picked up a book and go, okay, this book looks good. Let me see what this is about. Oh, this guy's got a really good story. Let me see if this can, if I can find my way out of this, this prison, the shackles of this jail or whatever it is that you're going through emotionally, spiritually, or even physically. And tons of books out there. Not many delve into the, the author's story so transparently as this one does. So I commend Richard for being able to, to, to open up and let us see all the things he's gone through. As he gets through his stories, he talks about his physical challenges, his emotional challenges, his spiritual challenges. He talks about all the things that he wrestled with as he went up through life. I think one of my favorite parts um, spoiler alert here. One of my favorite parts of the story is when he's a young, uh, a young man, a young boy, and he's uh, working in his parents' uh, stable, his door uh, stable there, and he's doing his chores. He has a sense that something is about to happen because he foolishly did not clear the horse out of the out of the stable and put them in the holding area as he's instructed to by his parents, you know, those are the instructions that they give him. Take your, take the horse before you start cleaning, put them in the holding area for safety, and go ahead and do the work. Well, in this particular memory, he did not take the horse out and put it in the holding area. 
as many kids do. He kind of did his own thing, right? And as he's doing the cleanup, he feels a sense, like a pressure in the back of his head that something's about to happen, and he instinctively moved out of the way. And so the horse was attempting to kick him because that's what horses do when you invade their space sometimes. And he was able to avoid getting what may have been a lethal kick to the back to the back of his head by by a horse. Um, and instead, he was able to get out of the way because there was some sense in his system that something was about to happen. We put the horse in um, in the area for safety, and in that moment, he had an experience, an experience that I can only um, describe as an out-of-body experience. He was taken to another space and given a glimpse of his future, where he would be teaching and speaking in front of people and talking about all of the things that now he's talking about. He was a child when that happened, and it gave him hope. It gave him a glimpse. It gave him a glimmer of what will be, and he used that as a beacon as he went through his life. It was something that he was looking forward to doing. And I, I was so moved by that. That was really super cool to hear that. Well, I have to call her. Thank you for holding. Did you have a question or did you want to participate in the conversation today we're having about the, um, the book, this um, highlighted book or featured book? Um, I was, I'm just fascinated by the um, past life um, paradigm i i totally believe in it so i was just listening okay um, you can listen yeah that's cool you absolutely i'll go ahead and put you back on hold and you can listen but that is past lives is a really cool paradigm <laughs> absolutely i'll put you back on hold thank you for calling so i'm going to get back to um back to my my summation of this book and again this month our featured book is the unbound soul Unbound Soul, A Visionary Guide to Spiritual Transformation and Enlightenment. The author is Richard L. White. You can find this book on Amazon. You can find this book up for your Kindle. You can get this book in Audible. Um, but if you're in a, in, a, in a space where you are attempting or reaching out or just, just confused, it's, it's rough times right now. I will tell you, as I read this book, um, I was really impressed with the focus on spiritual clarity, the focus on, the, on, on a Zen process. And one of the things that Richard did is he pursued um, martial arts. He took karate, and he had more than one sensei that he studied with, and he talks about how things were different with each of them and, and how this, this physical training with the spiritual training supported his process centered him and caused him to be able to move forward in, in, a, in a specific way. And I read his bio earlier. I'm going to go ahead and read it again. So let me pull that up real quick and read you his brief bio uh, about him. You know, it says here that he um, founded the Total Embodiment Method, which is an awareness training system designed to integrate meditation in one day, one daily life. He's also the author of... Um, the Warrior's Meditation, a master level instructor of martial arts, meditation, and healing arts. It also says that he began formal martial arts training at the age of 12, moved to Japan at the age of 24 to advance his training with masters of the sword, staff, and jiu-jitsu. 
during his 15 years in Japan, Richard was awarded master licenses in four samurai arts as well as traditional healing arts called Sotaiho. So as I, as I connect to this author and reading his book, I have to tell you, it is really very, very, very powerful to take someone who, you know, has decided to not just better themselves physically like in the martial arts, but really went down and dug deep and, and enhanced their spiritual process, but from that developed this really cool thing. So if you have not read this yet, I encourage you to read it. Um, I encourage you to think about how you want to grow and how you want to enhance your life on your spiritual path. The most important, if you're struggling through that space of calmness, which is the most powerful, so now we move from his story to his path. So the second part of his, of his book talks about, it's probably my favorite part of the book because he, he talks about his, his encounters, you know, and, and the things that he's done in his life, his mistakes and his, his pitfalls, and the people that he favored into. Some of them are really cool, some of them not so cool. He talks about the things that he's had to come through as a human being, that for many of us, it stops us, or we have judgment about people. And when I was preparing for this show, and I, and I put my notes together to talk about this, that sentence, judgment of other people, stands out for me. I've got it highlighted in my notes. Because that's where we are today, right? We're in a space where our society is at odds with each other because we're in, a, we're in judgment and we're angry and we're all the human shadow feelings that we've got going on that are just shaking our society at the core in this cry for, pain, for, for, for change and evolution. And the thing about evolution is it starts with us. We have to evolve as individuals who can, can contribute to the evolution of our society, the evolution of our planet, the evolution of our species. And evolution starts with you, and it starts with your inward work to create calm and that sense of peace and justice within you. There can be no peace and justice if we're just angry. I can't get your support for my vision if I'm going to stand in your face and yell at you, I'm going to say that again. I can't get your support for my platform, my beliefs, if I'm going to stand in your face and yell at you. If I'm going to in any way influence your support, I have to, one, be at peace and be in calm. Two, I have to find a way to get you to feel and relate to my message. And three, I have to get you to listen. One of the ways to get people to feel and relate to the message is to get them to understand either A, that I've walked in your shoes and I understand your fight, or B, I got to help you understand what it feels like to walk in my shoes. So, why am I talking about this right now? When the part two of his book really speaks to how he went from point A to point B to help, which helps me as a reader totally get that he gets my fight. He totally gets it. Before he starts lecturing me about how I need to meditate, and meditation is big, and we'll talk about that in a second, 
how I need to be focused on spirit and all the things that I should do to create a better vibration um, on the planet. Before he starts shaking his finger and lecturing me, he helps me see what he went through. And that was very powerful for me. You know, I'm not a martial artist. I'm not, you know, an athlete. Um, I, I would not have related to this book if he had just said, hi, my name is Richard. Those are my beliefs. I just need you to go out and do this, and you'll be easier too. If he had written this book like that, I, I, wouldn't, have, I, I wouldn't have been so, so connected to it. Uh, so when he talks about his childhood, he talks about his um, starting in, in martial arts. He started very young. Um, I was hesitant on, on that part, too. You know, I had a couple of parts in this book I was reading, and, went, ah. and it's easy to, to, to be 35, 40 years old and talk about being grounded when you've been doing martial arts since you were 10 or 12 years old. You have a discipline ingrained in you that most of us don't have. So when I, when I read that, I was like, I don't know, Richard, I don't know. But he really, really helped me see um, a different perspective on meditation. He spoke about how grounding in spirit, uh, grounding in mind, and grounding in, in body helps you focus and balance those frequencies that, that we, we resonate with. Most people don't understand that we resonate on a frequency. And there's new um, science coming out and there's new um, conversations happening in the channels right now around human uh, frequency resonance. That, that's really exciting. So, you know, should Google some of that stuff and listen to what some of the people are saying out there? But this is a real conversation. You know, we, we have an energy frequency. And if you don't know about that or you don't have, or if you're not aware of that or if you just don't believe in it, I want you to think about the last time you weren't in a good mood, but you walked into a room or an event where everybody was just having a great time and you were automatically shifted into a joyous condition. So your frequency was affected by the frequency of people around you. They changed your, they, they pulled you into their resonance, their resident, residence, and you were shifted and your vibration was shifted. I can use the current situation, things that we've got going on right now as an example, and the disharmony in our society where people are angry. I got angry. I'm a woman of color. I got angry in ways that I'm usually not angry because the people around me were angry. People um, in my social media community, in my tribe, they were angry, so they were yelling and screaming and posting and uh, I got caught up in it and I found that my frequency had changed. If I had not engaged with them, my frequency would have changed. You control your frequency. You control who and what you vibrate, how those and what you feel like. So one of the things he does is talk to you, talk to you as a reader about how to tune in how to make those changes, how to shift that all through the connection through meditation. It is a really cool book. If you're one of those people, I know a lot of people like this, 
I was a person like this when I started my journey. To just the meditating is just not your thing. Meditating, I have a lot of people that I know, clients I engage with, where they sit down and meditate. I'm like, I don't see anything. I can't stop my mind from from thinking about the laundry or the, the cable bill. Ah, meditation is so difficult. It's it's a it's a journey learning how to truly meditate. And um, I know some practitioners who are masters at meditating. Where they'll sit down and they're gone and they calm themselves. They, they're, they're healthy. They're, they're zen. They're cool people that are just happy all the time. And part of what their the keys to their success in this process is their ability to truly meditate and really maximize on what they're getting out of the connection. Because meditation is not just about, you know, sitting down and looking at colors on the inside of your head. There's purpose to that meditation. Purpose is to bring your system in balance. And once you get really good at meditating, you can create more from it. You can manage your health through it. You can manage your stress through it. You can focus your mind. You can focus your intent. There's so much you can do through meditation. But the first thing you got to do is become a master at meditation in, in however that means for you. So that, if any of that describes who you are, I really recommend that you take the moment to, to get in the book. And I, I talk about the different um, parts that he has in the book. And we were talking about part two, which is the path, in the chapter 10 of Genesis. It goes through that tuning to consciousness, which is his, I would call it the introduction to really focusing on the meditation. And he takes us through the pitfalls and the things that can distract you and how you can work through that and resolving disharmony. You know, disharmony is a big distractor to the individual trying to manage how they resonate, how they vibrate, which is really cool. So if you would love to get your hands on, on a tool to help you shift your mindset so that meditation will be the tool for you. He's got some really great ingredients there. Uh, the third part he calls daily, daily unfoldment. This is a really great chapter for me. It was, it was really cool because he took us through um, the teachers. He took us through what um, inspired him. And then he talked about caring for your mind and caring for your physical body. A lot of people don't know how to do all of this. I have friends and clients that are extremely, you know, out there just taking care of stuff. They're either highly physical or they're what I call zen physical. They do a lot of yoga. They do a lot of Pilates, and they're lean and flexible. And then you have the, you know, the CrossFit guys and gals who are more, more muscular more bulky, and they've got their body down. They're like, I got the physical piece, got the physical piece down. I eat all the right stuff. I work out. I go to the gym. I go to the, the yoga studio. I'm taking care of business. My body is what's up. I have lots of friends that like that. A lot of times when they're in that space, they're, they're not ministering to spirit, mind, one or the other, or both. They're ministering to their body, but they're not ministering to the other pieces. I also have friends that are in the Zen space and they're not 
ministering to the, the physical space. They do yoga, they meditate. They're not really interested in working out hard because they feel it takes away from their takes away from their experience. What Richard does is he breaks down how important it is to take care of your physical body. Being a martial artist, um, a lot of his theories come from that process, and it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, makes me wish I had done martial arts at an early age um, because it, it feels so um, in, so inspiring to listen to him speak about how his experiences, how speaking about his his gurus that he connected to, his his senseis as they um, as they work with him, and and then he demystifies the the process. And so if you really want to get that perspective, I think it's, it's something that would help you. I'll give you an example. I know I have a client who really struggles with uh, ministering for herself. Uh, she's a giver. She's what I would call a martyr. She gives of herself to other people, but she doesn't give to herself from herself. She doesn't work out as much as she should. She doesn't eat as, you know, as, as focused as she should, and she doesn't take care of her, herself as well as she should. So as a result, her energy is depleted all the time because she gives herself to people. She is uh, a community leader, so she's in the community managing relationships and supporting people all the time. So if you think about what that is, is that if you are like a little flame, call yourself a a soul flame of love and support because that's what she is. That's a flame. And every day people come up and they take from the flame. And you willingly give up yourself because that's your passion. So people are taking up the flame, but they're not putting anything back because that's not what people do. When you give up yourself, people don't give you anything in return normally. When you're helping people, they say thank you, but they don't put anything back. They don't take a, a, a bag and return a box. They take what you give, they say thank you sometimes, and then they go on about their day. And so you give and you give and you give, and you're depleting this beautiful flame that you have. And it shows up. It shows up in you physically, and it shows up in you mentally. It shows up as stress. It shows up as depression. It shows up as any number of physical anomalies, whether it is a gut issue heart issue, it, can, it shows up in all manner of ways. So part of what there is to do is to minister to yourself, as I like, I like to call it, because that's what it is, ministering to yourself, to keep yourself in balance. And that cycle flows in, number one, you have to replenish, you have to recharge. You have to take the flame back to the source and recharge the fire which means you have to plug in. You have to plug in. You have to plug in every day. You don't get to plug in once a month or once a week. You have to plug in every day so that the flame can be replenished. And whatever your belief system is, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in the goddess, whether you believe in Buddha, it doesn't really matter to me what you believe in because it's between you and your God what you believe in, and that's so important. You don't get to dictate how everybody believes. You just get to be tolerant. And if you're a Christian, Jesus 
he preached tolerance. So whatever your belief system is, plug in every day so that your flame can be recharged. And then take care of yourself physically and mentally so that you can support the process of connecting with people. And for those of you that are out there who are actual practitioners in this work in the light, it's so um, interesting that we don't take care of ourselves as much as we should, right? We work really hard by supporting the community, but we're not plugging in and supporting ourselves as much as we should. And that's what he's speaking to here, the daily informal. This is a really good chapter. I really enjoyed going through it and, and, and listening to him talk about how you can care for your physical body and what kinds of things you do, how you can care for the mind, and then demystifying going beyond the mystical experience. So that's part three. And the final part of his book here is part four soul and spirit. So he took us through body, he took us through minds, and in part four he takes us through soul and spirit through some really cool um, gateways. And one of the stories he tells that I love was he had a vision kind of early in life to talk about his vision and his promise to Jesus. And in this vision, Christ says, the stories that they've told about me were not all true. He talks about his experience through Bible study and how the Bible can be a little confusing to a lot of people. And I always remind people about the Bible and is that the Bible was written by men. The Bible wasn't handwritten by spirit. It was downloaded and then written by men, so it's written through the filter of human interpretation, and it was written in the language of the time. So it was written very kind of poetically and, and as, as the wrote in the time. And on top of that, it was then translated because it was written, written in the language of the time, which was not the language of King James. <laughs> it was written in the language of the time, so you had to interpret it. So you have all those filters that um, you have to go through and you have to keep in mind as you're reading the word. And it's a beautiful book that is an important book, as is the Quran and, and, and all the other books that connect these religions to spirit. So, you know, respect the book for that purpose and understand the filters through which you're reading it through as you're, as you're looking at the words. Uh, but he was asked to seek and search for the bones of Christ. You know, I'm not going to tell you the outcome and all that because you need to read the book, but it's really interesting watching him go through his stories through his life in the this, in this search for the bones of Christ. Um, and he does a really great job of going through making it clear. He has this one in the section he calls Removing the Veil where he gives some clarity from a, from a layman, from a non-secular um, person that's really good about understanding what's important. And what I love about that is 
it's not about what I believe. You know what I mean? It's not about, this is what Angel says. I don't know what Angel says. I would never ask anybody to do that. Unless it was, please don't do that. That's dangerous. You have your spiritual path. You have your spiritual belief system. The only thing that you need to do is make that connection so that you can have that clarity between you and your God so you can know what there is for you to do and you have that support system. And, you know, Richard makes all of that kind of simplifies that for you so that you can make that connection, know what there is for you, know, understanding what the pieces are that you need to put together so the perfect complete thing. And then unconditional love. I'm a big fan of unconditional love and what that means, and he covers that. So what I love about part four, everybody says body, mind, and spirit. That has been a, a moniker of the New Age movement for, for decades. And he doesn't say spirit. He calls soul and spirit. And this is a new thing that, that is rising up. There is a difference between the soul and the spirit. There is a difference between the soul and the spirit. And the soul is that, that deep connection, that deep existence of who you are through all points in time. It's your soul, your force, your life force. It's your soul. Your spirit is who you are today or who you were yesterday or who you were in the life of the life before. The listener that was listening before said that she, she was very um, interested in the paradigm of past lives. But big believer in past lives, I do past life regressions for my clients and I I can connect you and connect myself to my past life and look at my spirit as it lived in that past life. But my soul is here today. Right? You can have you can have a conversation and an engagement with a past life connection with that spirit that you're reaching back to with, from that past life connection. But the soul is sitting, if they're on earth today, the soul is sitting in the body that they are occupying today. So understanding the difference between the spirit and the soul is, is important. And he kind of walks us through a very basic uh, process to help you do exercises, and I'll talk about those in a second. Do exercises that help you with this connection. What I what I like about this book, and there's several things I like about this book. And when I go into my end somewhere, I'll take you through all that stuff. But what I really like about this book is its simplicity. Um, I haven't had a chance to speak with. Uh, with Richard, and maybe one day I'll get a chance to reach out to, to Richard and let him know that uh, that we featured his book this month and see if we can get him on the show if he's, if he's uh, willing to do that. But I really love the simplicity. Um, I've read a lot of the spiritual journey books that take people through a process. I've, I've, written, I've read a lot of them over the years, and some of them are good, some of them are okay, and some of them are not very good. But one thing that a lot of them um, suffer from is they're really complicated. Um, there's too many activities. Um, you're trying to figure out what to do. And, 
at the end of the day, all I want to do is explore my spirituality, expand my process, transform myself as a spiritual being. And when you can get a book where you can just open it up and go through a simple exercise and understand why it is you need to do that, and then not just the why, but why the individual who wrote the book stumbled into this. How did you find this out? Did you just read a book and go to a class and now you're writing a book? No. What Richard's done is he went through some stuff. <laughs> he went through some stuff. He's got a chapter in his in his story in part one called the, the Personal Apocalypse. And I, I loved it. You know, I love that personal apocalypse. It caught my attention. I'm like, Ooh, I want to read that chapter. And it was so meaningful reading this chapter because it, it spoke to me about how you think you know people and you don't really know people. Right? You don't really know people and stuff happens and, and the things that they have done as they come into your space, can affect your space. He talked about a story where his family was subjected to a police engagement and stuff because of someone that he pulled into his life. And, you know, knowing who people are and being able to recognize in someone's energy if you should even have them in your life is so super important. Walking through that engagement was really, was really interesting for me. And I look back on my own life and say, wow, I remember when I, I had someone one time when I was at a, a nightclub back in my youth. I used to do ice in that club. Girl, ice in nightclub. So I was in nightclub back in the day. And I was with a friend of mine. And we were hanging out in the parking lot because that's what you did um, in the nightclub thing with over and trying to figure out if the night was over or if there was something else to do. We were hanging out and we were talking with this young man and the police showed up. So the police show up a lot in the parking lot in the nightclub because they want to make sure that goes home. So we didn't make anything of it. But it went sideways with a heartbeat because this individual had warrants, all kinds of stuff, and we were caught up in it because we were standing there talking to him. And as I read the chapter, Personal Apocalypse, I remembered that. I, and I, and I, keep, I kept saying to myself, like, how do we get in this? How do we get in this, this situation? And now we have to sit down and talk to police and show our ID and we're, we're drunk as all get out because we're nightclub and we have to go find our designated driver. We had a designated driver and we got lectured and blah, blah, blah. All this stuff happened. Then our lives stood on a completely different place if we didn't have our designated driver. One of our driver's license wasn't, wasn't right, or one of us didn't have our driver's license, or we didn't have insurance. There's all number of things that could have happened just based on the decision we made to get it, to, to have a conversation with this individual because we didn't have our radar on. What, what Richard talks about is basically you have to turn the radar on, you know? You have to have radar so that you can know who you're talking to and who you're engaging in your life. And, and the story that he gave in this example in Personal Apocalypse, he talked about this individual that he brought into his family's life that had this, this 
his background and his current process that he was engaged in that was illegal, and he was doing it right there on his family's property. Um, and it ended up with him, his family being followed and being uh, monitored by the law enforcement, all this stuff, and he had no idea this was going on. The lessons in life are how we grow. The lessons in life are how we evolve. The lessons in life are how we transform. And if you can take the lessons and share them with people so people, other people can grow, and they call that paying it forward, that's what makes people who move on to become great people. That's what makes them great people. So overall, um, once again, the book we're featuring this month is The Unbound Soul by Richard L. Haight. You can find this book on Amazon. You can find this book um, on any of the any of the bookstore websites, and you can also find it on Audible. It is The Unbound Soul, A Visionary Guide to Spiritual Transformation and Enlightenment. And in the world of five of my um, angel halos, I gave him four and a half halos. I really feel like this is a book that you should take on if you're looking for expanding your self, expanding your mind. The biggest takeaway I have for this book is for those of you who are looking to improve your meditation skills or develop your meditation skills because meditation is maybe not your strength, this is a really great, a great tool for you. He talks about the why. He talks about somehow. He talks about good examples versus bad examples in terms of people that he engaged with in his journey. And he gives you some real exercises to do. So Angel highly recommends this book. Um, I think that you should read it. I think that uh, once you read it, if you contact me, I would love to get your insights on it. You can reach me here at the New Age Guild. Um, just contact me at editor at newagefield.com and let me know what you think, if you, if you enjoyed the book, if you liked it or not. I'm happy to hear of what there is that you have to say. Um, but most important, if you're looking for transformation, if you're looking to develop your skills, and if you're looking to deepen your connection to the divine, this book will help you with that. And if you just like an interesting story of somebody that's been through some interesting stuff, this is a good read. So from Angel and the New Age Guild, I say Richard L. Haight, very good. Nice job. Really great book. I would love to bring you on the, the radio program so that you can talk to our audience about the book and about your other books. It looks like he's got um, a number of books that speak to this and other interesting subjects and most important more in-depth discussion of meditation. So that's today's review. We're a little early. Uh, so we have, uh, we don't have any callers because everybody knows that we we're not doing a show uh, of readings today. We're doing a show on, um, on a book review. So I covered everything I need to cover. I hope you guys all have a wonderful day. Once again, The Unbound Soul 
a visionary guide to spiritual transformation and enlightenment by Richard L. Tate. Pick it up, read it, enjoy it. In the meantime, have a wonderful day. Oh, I have one more note here. One of the things I spoke about earlier, I spoke about the vibration and bringing the vibration down. And in my notes, my big piece was if everyone sat down for a minute and made their connection and focused on raising the vibration of the earth, think of the power that that would have. Think of what that would do for a community, your community, for a culture, for a society, for a world. It is a crazy place out there right now. It is a crazy place because it is no longer possible for us to live in the world with old belief systems and de-evolved focuses and non-harmonized vibrational forces. It is not going to work anymore. So to evolve, we have to give in a space of balance in our connection and balance in our vibration and in harmony in our spiritual process. If everyone sat down for two minutes, made the connection, and communicated through their forces, whether you are Buddhist, whether you are Christian, whether you are Wiccan, communicated to a message of peace, freedom, and equality. Do you believe you can change the vibration of our planet in a positive way? Send the message of coexistence. Does it make sense for us to focus on being separate? Nobody's taking your heritage from you by asking us to be as one. Nobody's taking your freedom from you by asking us to go along and be a piece of one another. We can celebrate each other's diversity. We can sit and listen to all your history, and then you can listen to mine. We don't have to be separate. We cannot be separate. There are 7 billion people on this planet. It is impossible. There are no other corners of the world to go to to be separate. We have to be together. And the only way that we can be together is to be in harmony in our vibration. We have to resonate in harmony, not in negativity and anger. Be proud of who you are, whomever you are, black, white, brown, yellow, purple, green, and orange. It doesn't matter what color you are. God sees us for who we are. God does not believe in separatism. God does not believe in hostility. God does not believe in racism. God created man in his image. And it was good. And that's all of us. So the first thing that we have to do is get in harmony in our 
reverence. So I will say this for you, Mr. Hayes. Your book speaks very strongly to the value of creating that positive focus and reverence. If anybody picked up this book and read through it and got focus and got that resonance and that balance in their system, that's one more person contributed to this process of evolution. Peace and freedom and equality as we transform and evolve as a species. It says here that this book is described as one man's struggle to feed his soul while guiding the reader to their own inner freedom. If you want to be free, you have to resonate in balance. So there, I set my message there. Thank you so much for listening. Um, let me know again, editor at newagefield.com. Let me know how you feel when you read this book. Thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to hearing from so many of you. And like I said, if you are a friend of Mr. Haight or if you are Mr. Haight himself, please let us get in contact with us and let us know. I would love to bring you on the show so you can talk about your journey and talk about your book. God bless. Take care. and hope everybody has a fantastic day. Ciao, ciao.